Good Thursday afternoon and welcome into the fast lane. My name's Trey Lyle. Uh, Ed is currently in the fast lane trying to get to the studio as uh, he was uh, doing some business today and is running a little bit late. Got caught in some traffic. He should be here at any moment. But just know... Ed Lane is in the fast lane as we speak, trying to get here. Great show lineup for you. Uh, we'll have ECC Network's uh, Roddy Jones coming up for you in a matter of moments, talking some ACC football, and also coming up at around 5.30, my colleague at FrontStretch.com, Michael Massey. He's live at Bristol Motor Speedway, so we'll preview the weekend at Bristol with him as well. Ed talked about this on his InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take, talking about how, how Virginia will be able to bounce back emotionally after that tough game against JMU, emotional game against JMU, obviously taking on a very talented Maryland Terrapin squad tomorrow here, uh, tomorrow as uh, UVA heads on the road. And speaking of the man, he's out of the fast lane. He is here. So I, uh, uh, Ed, uh, I, I was starting to talk about your fast take, but I'll stop for a second. Um, without giving yourself up, uh, let's just say, you know, we don't need you to go visit Trost Law, but... Uh, no, uh, but I saw a lot of people who do. I was I had two accidents that I, was, I saw. I was going to say is, uh, did did you uh, did you test the limits of the speed limit trying to get here? You know, actually, I did not because in the midst of the accident, I don't believe you. Traffic was stopped. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's entitled to their. Own I, I may or may not have rode with you before, so I may or may not know the answer to this question. You know, we have guests that also could chime in on this particular opinion. I won't name names, but there are some that are out there that could provide an educated perspective on this but no i'm not joking there were two accidents that popped up we always encourage people to be as safe as possible when you're actually out there and that's one of the uh truths and realities to it but you teased it so we'll go ahead and pay it off and that is the insane radio deals.com fast take from earlier in the day about this being a difficult spot for the virginia cavaliers and we will opine on it in greater depth Around 5.45 today in the fast lane, we're totally throwing a curveball because of our guest schedule with Roddy Jones of the ACC Network coming up momentarily. And then I'm going to have to warn Trey again, friendly reminder to Trey to be on his best behavior. When? To those that can't protect themselves. Oh. Because at 5.30 today, Michael Massey of FrenchStretch.com is going to come on. I'm so nice to him. I'm not saying you're not nice to him, but there are people that you are not always as nice to, and they are not here to defend themselves. And that's the truth about this. But here's the other part. You look at the Virginia Cavaliers, the point that we'll expound upon a little bit later, and we always welcome your thoughts and feedbacks. And this is as tough of a spot emotionally as you can imagine, remember the soundbite that we played earlier in the week from Tony Elliott, the Virginia Cavaliers head football coach? The two points he brought up, and one of them is deserving to win emotionally, but not deserving to win based on what they did, the Virginia Cavaliers, as a football team. Uh, this one hurts. Yeah, it's going to hurt for a while. Um, got a football team in there that... Uh, you know, battle really, really, really hard for the last 10 months to get to this point. And um, do they deserve to win? I believe so because of the people that they are uh, and what they've been through. But unfortunately, the game of football, you know, it's not a, it's not a game of deserve. It's about what you earn. 
Tony Elliott, I admire the effort to, it's not a game of what you deserve, it's what you earn. But battling to get to this point, you could hear the emotion in Tony Elliott's voice afterwards. And yes, we're replaying that part that we covered earlier this week in the fast lane, but it's a different angle for this. And it, it relates to the fact that so much was put into the game against JMU from Virginia's perspective last week emotionally. And you got that even further. You got that from a JMU fan base and team that this was a big deal to them to play a fellow Virginia school. Even though it was on the road, it's not in Harrisonburg. It still is a big deal. And yes, it's kind of ironic that JMU and Liberty look like they're the two best teams in the Commonwealth of Virginia compared to everyone else. But JMU and Virginia right now are at a, spo- a point where when you look back on that matchup, so much was invested emotionally from Virginia because of the desire to honor the lives of Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry. And once more from Tony Elliott, the emotions that that brought out of his team. Today, unfortunately, we didn't make enough plays. Uh, We weren't a a disciplined enough football team uh, to win. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll respond. But I still believe that um, the young men laid it on the line and, and celebrated the lives of Lavelle, Devin, and Deshaun um, the best way that a football player knows how uh, to just, just leave it on the field. And I don't think anybody doubts that from a just, hey, we put it all out on the field perspective, Virginia did a good job. Now, I, I have expressed my concerns about how they handled that weather delay, and that's a factor in the loss for Virginia. I don't think it's naive to say that. It's also especially a factor when you're dealing with such an emotional day and trying to find a way to ride that emotional wave the correct way possible. And it's much easier said than done. But now comes the bigger challenge, and it's why last week in our votes of confidence where we projected games, I didn't really offer much confidence in that particular outcome and what it means for the Virginia season going forward. And and, and we'll reiterate what we said, which is the real challenge comes now with All the emotion in the lead up to that game. Playing for someone, it's still there, but not with the same support that Scott Stadium provided this past Saturday. The pregame festivities reminded everybody of. It's also, after an emotional game, a draining game because of the weather delay and those emotions, you're now on the road, on a short week, against a Maryland team that has the talent, you could argue more talent and a more gelled system than Virginia, but... They haven't put it all together. So they have all that spark and motivation. And I may be tipping my hand a little bit for our votes of confidence tomorrow here in the fast lane. But this is the spot where you find out more about Virginia. And to me, it seems like it's more justified than ever to be concerned about how they respond given everything that went into that game this past Saturday. Somebody who was there, he saw me before I saw him, and I'm thankful for that. But we're grateful to welcome him now into the fast lane is Roddy Jones. Analyst who was on the call for JMU Virginia and does work for the ACC Network as well as ESPN. Gracious enough to make a bit of time for us today here in the Fast Lane. Roddy, first of all, a pleasure to speak with you. Hope you and your family are doing well. Uh, That game Saturday, understandable the emotions for the Virginia Cavaliers were as high as they could ever be, uh, but they did not come out with the win. How much greater, though, is the challenge now going on the road to Maryland given all that we outlined about the Maryland game short week? Not the same emotional burst, and now you have to find that same level of energy that was there for chunks on Saturday, but didn't even produce a win. 
Yeah, uh, first off, Ed, it's good to talk to you, man. Um, it was good to see you the other day. Uh, I actually think – I, I kind of take the opposite approach. Like, all the pressure's off Virginia now. Like, they have done the hardest thing that they will have to do this season. It felt like the entire offseason. I was there for the spring game. I was there for the ACC summer tour. It felt like everything that they had done was in, in anticipation of getting to the season, finally playing games. They did that against Tennessee. Then finally playing at home and the emotion that that – that went into that with having to go um, and, and honor Devin, Lavelle, and, and Deshaun, and then being on the field for, for that ceremony, um, having the buildup around it, having Mike Hollins be the captain. Like, you had all of that go on um, and, and then led to the game. Then you had the weather delay. There was emotional ups and downs. Going to Maryland, like, there's no expectations on them going to Maryland this week. There's no expectations on this team the rest of the season other than they would beat William and Mary. So, so they're playing with house money, man. That, that's the way I feel about it. I don't know if they feel that way. But the hardest thing, you know, I kind of felt like they had to get through last week, win or lose. They had to get through last week so that they could focus on coming on, on improving as a football team. Like, they have been working on that, but all of it has been in anticipation of starting the season and wondering what the emotions were going to be like. How am I personally going to respond standing on the field watching the video of Samuel Jackson narrating Devin, LaShawn, uh, Devin Lavelle, and Deshaun's uh, videos of, of memoriam? Uh, how am I going to handle that? Now they don't have to worry about any of that stuff. They can just go and play football. And finally, I think Tony Elliott's gotten to a point where he can put his feet down on solid footing, know what to expect generally on a week-in, week-out Basis and focus on the ball. So I am I am optimistic on Virginia. That was a an uh, just a, such an emotional scene before the game. Um, and, and so whether they win or lose at Maryland, like I, I don't think they have any. I don't think anybody has any expectations. So they can go out and play. Roddy, you brought up a number of great points. More of them are available at Roddy Jones Twenty on Twitter and Instagram, where you will be generous enough to share your opinions. Of course, we hear them regularly as well in your broadcasts of college football games, including you were on the call for JMU at Virginia this past Saturday in Charlottesville. Uh, dig deeper into that point you mentioned about this being a pressure-off situation for the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, Tony Elliott, to his credit, whether fans think he's the right guy at this point for the job is, is I think, is something that we can delve into in another point. But he mentioned victories are deserved, but you also have to earn it. And they did not earn it with the way that they performed and played against James Madison, particularly the weather delay. How reasonable is it to point to the advantage that JMU had coming out of that weather delay? Two touchdowns, outscoring Virginia 12-0 to get the one-point victory, and the fact that it seemed like that coaching staff at JMU knew how to handle the weather delay much better than a Virginia coaching staff that uh, obviously had a lot of momentum this past Saturday, and a lot of it seemed to be broken when the rains fell, and more importantly, the thunder and lightning entered the area, causing that hour pause. Yeah, uh, um... You know, it's hard to know, to be honest with you, and that's sort of a cop-out answer, but it's hard to know what adjustments were made. It's hard to know uh, exactly how much the coaching staff can do. So coaching staff, so I've been a part of a, of a nearly two-hour weather delay. Coaching staffs can do some adjustments. Like, you have some things that you can do in terms of adjusting. A lot of it, to be honest, is just you hanging out. Like, after the first 30 minutes, there's no more adjustments being made. There's no more talking about the game. Coaches go and do their thing.
thing. Players are sitting there listening to their iPods or scrolling Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Like, I, I think that, I think that it can be a little overblown what coaches actually do. Were there adjustments made? Sure, I'm sure there were. Uh, and and James Madison did perform much better than Virginia after that. But James Madison's also a much more experienced team. It's a much, it's a team with a lot more top to bottom guys back. It's a team that, uh, that is picked with a lot more expectations, with an expectation to win. So sure, Tony Elliott's going to take the blame and he should. Look, he is the head coach. He should take that on his shoulders. But like weather delays are tough and it is really hard to gauge how your team is going to respond after. I also think that the crowd may have played into it some before the weather delay. It was about 70% Virginia fans, 30%, maybe 80, 20, uh, James Madison to, or excuse me, Virginia to James Madison. After the weather delay, it was probably 50, 50 because the people who live in Charlottesville can go home. And the people who live uh, down the road uh, and where James Madison is, where is that, Harrisonburg? They're not going home. They're going to hang out. They're going to see the game. So, so I, I, think that, I think that Tony Elliott's doing the right thing. Um, but weather delays are notoriously fickle. Like, you don't really know uh, how they're going to turn out. And a lot of the ACC teams didn't exactly do well after the weather delays this week. No, and there were plenty of them, including in the other half of the Commonwealth, Blacksburg. And we can get to the Hokies in just a moment. But the bigger picture takeaway from handling inclement weather, just as you look at this in college sports, are you opposed to fan to players using their phones during weather delays and being distracted? Should coaches take on a more active role of trying to game plan and scheme? How do you judge that given what you just mentioned, the fickleness where in Charlottesville it lasted about an hour and in a place like Blacksburg for Virginia Tech's 24-17 loss to Purdue, it was on, off, on, off, but clearly lasted much longer, almost six hours. Uh, I'm not sure how you can police phone usage, to be honest with you, because guys do so much on their phones. Like, if you put your headphones on, you're going to your phone to put headphones on. Like, nobody carries an iPod anymore. So how is the coach supposed to know if you're scrolling for music or scrolling Twitter? Like, you just don't know. So so the reality of it is, is you have to somehow re-engage your guys. Um, with the game planning and adjustments, there's only so much adjusting you can do. Like, you're not going to scrap the whole game plan that you've worked on all week and then reinstall a new game plan. Uh, there's only so much you can do. You're going to make little tweaks. Like, for example, hey, instead of running counter to the shade, we're going to run it to the three now. Hey, instead of double teaming that, we'll ace it so the center will slip and get up to the backer. Like, you can talk about that stuff. Maybe, maybe if you get aggressive, you can walk through it, but generally there's not enough room in a locker room to do a full walkthrough. Again, it's it's sort of like, you know, I, I don't even know what to compare it to, but but it, it's, it's like if once you go over something once or twice, the adjustments are done. You can remind guys of tips, but eventually you got to just back off and let the guys do whatever so that you're not just saying, you're not sitting there for two hours just speaking about stuff that guys already know, and then you get no engagement and they don't remember anything. So there's really not a lot you can do, man. Like, you keep guys hydrated, you keep them fed, you, 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 you go over some adjustments, you try and keep guys both loose and engaged at the same time. It's a really hard thing, and coaches honestly don't don't have a ton of power on what they can do, especially when you're at home, because there's so many different places generally that you can have guys kind of hang out at home on the road. Visitors' locker rooms are small. It's a smaller group of guys. But at home, it's tough.
It's an interesting point from a former player at Georgia Tech and now an analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network, Roddy Jones, with us in the fast lane. Um, We mentioned Virginia and some of their challenges and how that manifests itself or might when they battle Maryland this coming Friday evening. What about the Virginia Tech Hokies? A lot of criticism has been directed their way, particularly with the offense and the underperformance and maybe similar to Virginia in this sense, the challenge of running the football. How is it that in the Commonwealth of Virginia, the top two power schools, both at the same time, have this glaring inability to run the ball that clearly seems to be impacting their offensive performances? Uh, offensive line play is what it boils down to, to be honest with you. like that That's really it. And, and Brent Pry had some interesting comments. Um, this week about changing the run plan. Uh, that is code to me. That, the, the code of that to me is we're not running the right stuff, which is somewhat not critical maybe, but, but directed at the offensive coordinator, Tyler Bowen. Um, so that, that was interesting. Just like, hey, we may not have the run plan or the right run plan. Uh, on the offensive line, man. Like, Virginia's uh, issues are understandable in that regard. Like the, the number of guys that they had transferred out two years ago, it, it takes a lot of time to rebuild that depth, it's particularly when the offensive line two years ago was pretty good. And, and then Olu Olu leaves. You have those other guys leave around them, four guys that were supposed to be starters. Um, and it takes time to build that level of player back. Virginia didn't get there two years ago uh, quickly, and they didn't get there overnight. And so it's going to take some time. That's what I keep telling people with Tony Elliott like you have to give him time he has to be able to improve the offensive line first and foremost look how long that took at Florida freaking state it took three years for Mike Norvell to be able to do that and two years before that Willie Taggart couldn't do it so it's going to take time at Virginia you're going to have to give Tony Elliott some time and I get the frustration that Virginia fans have had with Tony Elliott but you're going to have to back off and this has nothing to do you can't say I don't want to say it has nothing to do with the tragedy but tragedy aside, this was going to take time. Now you're in a position where it probably takes a little bit more time uh, because there's the healing that needs to happen um, with the people in that Virginia program before you can start improving the offensive and defensive lines. But it comes down to it comes down to the line of scrimmage. Two sides to that. The Virginia Tech side, we'll get to more in just a second. But the Virginia side with Roddy Jones, his insight is at Roddy Jones 20 on Twitter and Instagram. Now that this past Saturday is out of the way, they played their first game against Tennessee and their first home game against JMU since the tragedy. Is it easier now for the coaching staff and the player leaders on Virginia to shift their focus to, all right, now it's about taking care of business and being a better football team as opposed to the healing, which will still be ongoing forever, but certainly from a team standpoint, it doesn't have to take center stage. And not to bemoan it because I think it's wise that it did to allow them the chance to heal in those manners, but now a lot of it can be about football. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I alluded to earlier about like the the anticipation of what it was going to be like. Like that is no longer there. They are past that. They know um, they, they are past the what is it? What is the pregame ceremony going to be like? How am I going to feel? Uh, and, and now, and and honestly. You know, there has been a lot of coaching of being of how to be vulnerable, how to express that you need help. Um, and now, while that is, as you said, ongoing, Virginia can focus on the ball. The guys can focus on the ball. Mike Hollins isn't wondering how am I going to respond emotionally when I step out on the field. They don't have to worry about uh, any of the pregame ceremonies or stuff like that. So it, this that was a step in the healing process. Like these first two games. 
and this is not directly from Tony Elliott, but being around him before that game, these first two games were as much about getting to it and through it. The wins certainly matter. Like it, it's not a hey, wins don't matter. Wins do matter. But this was as much about getting through these games so that it can become about football first uh, as anything else. Um, so now, you know, the, the questions will die down some. Uh, the, the request for Mike Collins will die down some. The, uh, the, the, the honoring of the three fallen players, Deshaun, Lavelle, and Devin, will subside some. But um, the football can really take center stage. Roddy, pivoting over to Blacksburg and Virginia Tech, and you referenced uh, the implication from Brent Pry the head football coach that more needs to be done with the offense and uh, particularly directing that towards offensive coordinator Tyler Bowen. Most of the Hokie fans from whom we've heard, Trey Lyle VT on Twitter and Instagram and Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, have been mostly critical of Tyler Bowen and this particular offense. You're a former running back. You referenced offensive line play. Uh, I would presume that's because you credit them when you were successful. Uh, but offensive line play in general. Is misdirection part of the solution as well? Is it, hey, Kyron Drones is probably going to go this week because the injury that seems to be limiting Grant Wells? Are those other solutions that could reasonably provide some kind of sustainable spark to this offense? It's a good question. You know, it's hard to know exactly what Brent Pry was referring to. Um, and without knowing exactly what they, what their weekly plan is on offense, it's hard to make a sweeping judgment. But what I would guess is that the quarterback run game becomes a bigger part of it. What I would guess is that something that they were doing, whether it's too much outside zone, too much inside zone, not enough counter, not enough power, um, you know, or, or, or not enough man scheme stuff, like something is off from what Brent Pry wants to be. What I would guess is that Brent Pry wants more downhill, inside zone, power, counter football, less outside zone stuff where you can get that penetration in the backfield. Most defensive coaches uh, tend to be a little averse to outside zone because you can get penetration and start behind the sticks. They tend to be more downhill guys. Um, but most offensive coaches now – incorporate a decent amount of outside zone because it does get uh, the cleats of the, uh, of, the, of the defensive linemen out of the ground. It does make them run sideways. So it's give and take. And, and there can be differing opinions on a coaching staff about what they need to be. And look, Britt Pry was probably perfectly fine with Tyler Bowen running what he wants to run until it's not successful. And then the head coach has to step in and say, hey, look, inside zone with a read, and then an outlet pass if, if both of those things are taken, almost like going back to the triple option. Uh, because, look, uh, the, the issue with Virginia Tech last week, apart from running the football, running the football against Purdue is hard, especially if you're running zone. Um, they run a bare look, and all the guys are covered. It's not built for zone. It's built for, if you're going to beat it, built for counter power, gap scheme stuff, pullers, down blocks, kickouts, all that stuff. Um, and so maybe that was part of it. Like, the plan was just wrong. Purdue took advantage of it. And then they couldn't get open. Purdue plays a ton of man-to-man -man coverage. They couldn't get open on the back end. A lot of that had to do with Holly Jennings. But they're not going to have him this week against Rutgers, so they're going to need to do something. They will. They need a spark. And, of course, that's uh, one of the realities as well that's facing the one-on-one -on -one Virginia Tech Hokies. One of the realities is you can always get great insight from Roddy Jones, ESPN and ACC Network college football analyst at Roddy Jones. 
Kings 20 on Twitter and Instagram. Roddy, thank you much for your time today in the fast lane. We really appreciate it and uh, continued blessings to you and yours and best of luck as uh, we hopefully will connect and see you again soon. It is always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Our pleasure. Roddy Jones with us here in the fast lane. And he referenced a couple of points about uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech, including being able to focus more on football. That's an interesting take because certainly a lot of our opinions have been a different uh, standard. Share yours, fast lane, Ed Lane, and Trey Law VT on the socials. We will get to them later in the fast lane. I'm debulous about the time because our next guest, it may be a little bit of policing on my part as somebody might get piled on by. Trey Lyle and our next guest, Michael Massey of FrenchStretch.com, here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.